All right, let's do it. Oh, by the way, I really like this last one you just released was the first one. We did the uh, glass half full like that, right? That's new? Or is that, we've done that before? It's been around for a while now. Really? I don't remember hearing it's, it like that It's been around before. for like the last 10. Flawedcast number 54, the heroes we needed. No man escapes when freedom fails. The best man rot in filthy jails. And they who cried, appease, appease, are hanged by men they tried to please. Hiram Mann. Flawedcast. Flawedcast. Get in the arena. Actually, I got chills. That was stunning. That quote always gets me, though. What's up, Will? What's good? What's going on, Jason? Come on, let me hear some energy. I'm on full tilt energy right now. I'm saving it for when the communists come to my door, and I got to give them a little energy too. Yeah, you got your 50 cal mounted up in your bedroom window upstairs. No, I got my double barrel shotgun. Oh, that's right. That's yes, all you need. That's all I need. That is all, all you need. I is a need. double barrel shotgun. Uh, and, and I'm glad that we're mentioning this now because that last episode when you're talking about the 12 barrel. Yeah, 12 barrel. Th that's just Whoa. more. Sorry, that's I'm late, fellas. Late. He's sitting over here going, what the f***, man? Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I don't know how we got into something like that already. Two, two weeks running. I blame Jason and, my, and myself. <laughs> I, as soon as I said, get some energy, we would lock John out at that I, point. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll take my stuff and go. Yeah. Sorry, man. But... One pathetic loser. Hey, just know that I didn't forget your coffee, and that's what's important. Yes. <laughs> Good call on the pumpkin munchkins. They were Don't delicious. That's what she said. Forget about me. Oh, is munchkins racist? Pumpkin munchkins is. Munchkin it's racist when against orange people. Yes. Now you're saying that orange people are munchkins, and that's not cool. Yeah. Orange man bad. Yes. Orange man bad. So get ready. I, I just want people to realize that it's communist countries that decide what you can and can't see, i.e. North Korea. Think about it. And if you don't think this is how it starts, folks, it's already started. We've talked about this for so long, and, yeah, and they, all these people lined up and voted for it. They, Let they, me they lined up well, at 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, of, you know, yeah. nonetheless, all the computer-generated simulations. Well, still, no matter, even though we know it's bullshit, there's still a lot of people that voted for Biden, and I don't get it. I don't think they realize what they just did. I really don't. Sorry, can't not talk about well, this. They, we will. Out. Let's just get the intro, and then we'll start the pontificate. So we want to thank everybody for listening, for subscribing, for sharing. Uh, we did a live stream the other day, and I think we're going to do that regularly. And we've got a lot of great feedback. I want to thank everybody that shared and, and listened and tuned in, especially the comments. We just got so much love. We really, really appreciate it. And I think we have a small platform. We are not at the level of some of our heroes like Alex Jones or, or someone like that, InfoWars for me. But what platform we have, I feel in my heart, I feel like God really spoke to us, to me anyway. I need to start using this. So please keep an eye out for that. Hopefully we'll, the whole gang will show up or maybe just John or Jason or my, I will tune in one time or there, but I think we're going to continue to do that regularly. But we want to thank you guys. Make sure you do subscribe and share. We need you to share. Please, we give you this information. We're not asking anything of it other than to just share. Make sure you subscribe. We are still currently on YouTube. Make sure you hit the bell. We put out episodes every Friday. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. We are everywhere that you can hear podcasts. Flawedcast CLE, Flawedcast, FlawedInc.com, info at Flawed Inc. is our website. We are currently on Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, Parlor and Gab going strong on Parlor and Gab. So once again, Flawed Inc., Flawed Cast, Flawed Cast CLE. With that being said, more God, more God. With that being said, John D, as his custom, has a little thing he wants to share with some of the detractors. Yes, for all those people who are trying to preach to, uh, to us. They're incapable of being inaccurate, so we have a theme song for them. Hit it. 
And I love that song. That's a classic. So nonetheless, I uh, want to thank everybody once again. And I am, and I believe my partners in crime feel the same way, are not going to stop giving the Pledge of Allegiance nope. to the American flag. And, and I'm sure the communist flag will soon start to appear. I, yes. I, I, uh, there is hope. You uh, hate to interrupt me. Pledge of Allegiance? <laughs> no, this is very applicable. What we're talking about. I sent you the video of my niece. I, I'm yeah. serious. I bawled like a baby. She's a youngling. But when she does the Pledge of Allegiance, what did she say that they won't teach in schools right now? Under God. Under God. And, and more and put her teddy bear. That, under God, she's paying it forward. Well, that's what I, really spoke to me. Like Sam Wise and the Frodo, there's some good left in the world, and that's worth fighting for. And I, I would even say that's worth dying for. And I'm not going to sit here and have a temper tantrum and cry like the people that have the last couple years. But what I am going to say is, in defiance of the Chicom globalist Luciferian pedophile ring that will hopefully not be running the country soon, I am going to place my hand over my heart and I invite you to do the same. Whether you're mowing the lawn, taking a dump, driving in your car, walking. Or doing all of those at the same or time. Or doing all at the same time, yeah. If you're driving a car, please keep two hands on the wheel. Do not wreck or kill anybody. If you are driving a car and you take a dump, make sure you strap yourself on your stomach. Come on, Bill. Never mind. All right, so, ready? I, I pledge allegiance, allegiance to the flag of the United States, States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I know how you can fix everything. More God. See, you need to get some theme music for that. Something like More God. Like, like the Bill and Ted's guitar thing afterwards? I was thinking it's a little something more like a James Brown, okay. like a little like guitar like... I feel good. Okay, yeah, you know, go with You're the creative person here. Well, hey. I'm singing more country. Oh. He's I've, a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. I've gone godly. Like gone country. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is... Uh, we. This is actually, I think, the first episode that we collaborated on, all three of us. It was, <laughs> it was a collaborative effort. Well, sort of. Well, what we've done is we've taken a look through history, and we've even contemporary culture where there's some individuals who, in moments of crisis, in moments of need, they may not have thought much of themselves or may not have thought that they could have made a difference, but they stepped up and they did. We call this episode uh, The Heroes We Needed, like at the end of The, the Dark Night, when Commissioner Gorn is saying to his son, you know, he's not the hero we I feel like right now one of the best things that we can do other than light a fire under people's butt and try to provoke people to action is to give people inspiration and to let people know that like that movie The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin, you know, what one man can do, so can another. What we're saying is that what these men and women have done, so can we. I know at least with the ones I've chosen, I believe definitely the the hand of providence was upon them, guiding them and protecting them and empowering them through their mission. So that being said, I want Johnson, if he could read the first Bible verse. I'll be reading from Hebrews 11, verses 32 through 39 from the Amplified Bible, and it states, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith, that is, with the enduring trust in God and his promises, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouth of lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weaknesses they were made strong, became mighty and unbeatable in battle, putting enemy forces to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured to death refusing to accept these offered on the condition of denying their faith so that they would be resurrected to a better life. And others experienced the trial of mocking and scourging amid torture and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were lured with tempting offers to renounce their faith. They were put to death by sword. They went about wrapped in the skins of sheep and goats. They were utterly destitute, oppressed, treated cruelly, people of whom the world was not worthy, wandering 
in deserts and mountains and living in caves and holes in the ground. And all of these, though they gained divine approval through their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised. There is so much there. The one segment that just echoed in my heart as I thought about this was where it says, people of whom the world was not worthy. You know, people who are just so divinely in tune and that what they committed to was so necessary that us common folk couldn't even aspire to that. And that resonates with me right now because quite frankly, when you look at the other things, you know, being sawed into, being stoned, I don't honestly know that we aren't in times where the, I mean, certainly around the world, those are things that are happening to men and women of faith. But I think the whole paradigm in America is possibly going to shift and it shouldn't surprise anybody if these things start to occur. So basically what's going to happen here is we've each gotten a couple people that we looked up to in history. I think let's just go around in a circle and kind of briefly give the synopsis and and talk about maybe what resonated with you that this person was worthy to discuss and hopefully to help encourage and influence people that they would have a forehead like Flint, that no matter what happens, that we will be able to stand in that fiery furnace, if you will, for lack of a better term. So let's just kick this off with Johnny and then we'll go to Jason, then I'll go and then we'll, we'll hit it. There were so many people that I wanted to put down and narrowing it down was hard. I mean, we've talked about many of them before in former Flodcasts, like the give me liberties or give me death speeches, mm-hmm. the I have not yet begun to fight, and those all ring true, but because we've hit those so hard, I wanted to kind of dig a little deeper beneath the surface, something that we may have not gotten into, and as I'm scrolling through different heroes of remember reading about previously that was so inspiring to me. And I'm going to be reading about a gentleman named John Robert Fox, who was born in Harvard, Ohio. He was born in Cincinnati, Ohio in May of 1915. By all accounts, he was a smart, diligent young man, and he earned a place at the Wilberforce University. Here he signed up for the Reserve Officer Training Corps, meaning he not only finished college with a graduate degree, but also with a rank of second lieutenant when the war broke out. He then took his commission and joined the 92nd Infantry Division, a segregated division for African-American soldiers that fought with distinction through conflict. With his unit, Fox was sent out to the European Theater of War in 1944. He found himself fighting the Nazis in Italy. It was here when in December of that year, he was tasked to stay behind in a small village in Tuscany. Lieutenant Fox was a member of a cannon company, the 366th Infantry, the 92nd Infantry Division, acting as a forward observer. While attached to the 598th Field Artillery Battalion, Christmas Day was spent in positions when he had been occupied for some weeks. During Christmas night, there was a gradual influx of enemy soldiers in civilian clothes, and by early morning, the town was largely in enemy hands. An organized attack by uniformed German formations was launched around 0400 hours. On the 26th of December in 1944, reports were received that the area was being heavily shelled by everything the Germans had. And although most of the U.S. infantry forces withdrew from the town, Lieutenant Fox and members of his own observation party remained behind on the second floor of a house, directing defensive fire. Lieutenant Fox reportedly at 0800 hours reported that the Germans were in the streets and attacking in strengths. He called for artillery fire, increasingly close to his own position. He told his battalion commander that was just where I wanted it. Bring it 60 yards, he said. His commander protested that there was a heavy barrage in that area and bombardment would be way too close for him. Lieutenant Fox gave his adjustment, requesting that the barrage be fired. The distance was then cut in half. The Germans contained surrounding the position. Lieutenant Fox again called for artillery fire with the commander protesting again, stating the following, Fox, that will be on you. Fire it. There are more of them than there are of us. Give them hell. 
The bodies of Lieutenant Fox and his party were found in the vicinity of his position when his position was taken. This action by Lieutenant Fox, at the cost of his own life, inflicted heavy casualties, causing deaths on approximately 100 Germans, therefore delaying the advance of the enemy until infantry and artillery units could be reorganized to meet them at their attack. Fox and six other black Americans who served in World War II were awarded the Medal of Honor on January 12, 1997. I mean, the reason why that speaks out to me is that's the kind of hero that we all want to be. Hey, John, that's weird. That glass looks half full to me. Wow. Now that you mention it, it is half full. And you've talked about it before. Like, if the crap ever hits the fan, I'm willing to lay my life down for you. It's the ultimate, I want to be Jesus kind of a well, thing. Well, John 15, it's, it's, 15, you know, yeah. greater love has no man than those who would lay his life lay down, down for his friends. Yeah. And what, even under strong advisement, when they're saying, dude, you got to get, we can't do that. That's right on top of you. Right. He's resiliently said, fire it. Give him hell. That, That's uh, a damn good death. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, that is ultimately getting in the arena. Lots of people talk about what they would do in a situation like that for their country, for their freedom, for their friends. And uh, a lot of people talk. This is a guy who gave the ultimate sacrifice, truly. It's Story. amazing. And you know what I love about that? And I don't even know if this is good to say right now, but you didn't even realize that he was black until halfway through the story. Because it doesn't matter. This Never like, matters. Exactly. He's a human, human race. He was a patriot. Yeah. He I, didn't I, care I would, about black and white. We know no. he cared about red, white, and blue. You know, we all have the same red blood flowing through our veins. I love that story for so many reasons. I thank you for bringing this gentleman yeah. to our attention. And, and I've, we, there's so much going on right now with people not getting along because of an R or a D. And not all of that frankly, is irrelevant. This is an ultimate reminder that when you're in a foxhole and bullets are flying, you could care less whether the person next to you serves the, the elephant or the jackass. Well, I would say a, a D, N, and R, yeah. and then the rest of us. Yeah. We're Americans yeah. first. And when the crap hits the fan, John Robert Fox is the kind of guy that you want to have sitting in a box. Absolutely. Now, that's a remarkable story that I feel very pumped up that, you know, as one man can do, another man can do. I love the you know give him hell and then his clock gets punched yeah because we're all facing that whether it's now four years or whenever there's going to be a certain point in time where we're all going to be facing the fire we're all gonna be standing in front of the proverbial firing squad and god i want to be the john robert fox yeah. who says you know what if my death saves the lives of others around me freaking bring it that's what i was created for yeah. if we're following the example of jesus christ who laid down his life ultimately that's what we're looking at that that's what we're trying to emblemize that's what we want to put out there what better way to do it i concur that's awesome jason all right so it isn't easy mother trucking e is your hero is he no <laughs> okay so listen i gave some thought to this believe it or not of course i didn't come up with some great great story or something like Johnny did over here. It's a tough act to follow. As cliche as this might sound, I believe that this person fits all the criteria that we're talking about here as far as getting in the arena, as far as what one man can do, so can another, and as far as being a hero for, I think, many, many people. And um, I know we've talked about him a lot, but I, I love this guy. It's Abraham Lincoln. I also think that it has a lot to do, or ties to a lot of what's going on today. There's so much about Abraham Lincoln. There's so many different phases of his life. There's a lot of people who know about Abraham Lincoln who know the different phases of his life and all the things they've done. I, I think there's a lot of people who don't. They know him for... Uh, Kamala Harris doesn't. <laughs> they know him for being the um, president during the Civil War, of course, and the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, that's what he's known for, obviously, being assassinated. You know, what I like, we talk about one man can do, another can. The failures of Abraham Lincoln were great, and there were many. This is a gentleman who continued to get in the arena time and time again, and who continued to fail. He lost election after election after election. He had family problems. He didn't win an election, I don't think, until he was in his 40s. But what all those failures taught him and, and the, the fact that he wouldn't give up, and that's this isn't someone who had the world by the balls and became president 
right? This is someone who fought long and hard, went through a lot of lessons, lost a lot, learned a lot, and it's exactly the what and who this country needed in that time. And the reason being is you want to talk about someone who had many difficult decisions to make. And not only that, but being up against it, because those of you who don't remember, the union was getting their asses handed to them for quite a while. And it took a lot of wisdom, patience, and forethought. Favor of God sprinkled in there. Definitely favor of God sprinkled in there. Of course, always more God. But um, it took a lot for him to lead our nation to where it is now. I hate saying the word is now. I'm not the second, but I mean, you know, move it forward where it could have gone and keep it from destroying itself. He was a humble person, but a strong person, if you know what I mean. He was a bit quiet, but when he spoke, it was loud. You know, he's someone that I think everybody can learn from. And that's what I, that's what I love about Lincoln. Everyone can learn from what he's done. And I don't mean just what he did successfully. He only found success through failure. And folks, that's what you have to understand. We're going to fail time and time again. And it's not about failing. It's about keep moving forward. So much like King David wasn't a perfect man and he had his mistakes, but he had the right heart. And talk about a guy who put a target on his bag. Let's get in the time machine and go back to when that was reality. That time was a reality. We think about it from the prism of now. It's like, well, of course he was fighting for the right thing. It was about equality for all. That wasn't the reality back then. That would be like today trying to change our ultimate reality in the face of sheer anger. Hey, we look in the news and you see people getting clubbed in the streets for wearing the wrong color hat or something like that. Right. I mean, he put an ultimate target. He, You can't tell me that deep down inside he didn't think there's a very legitimate chance that I'm going to get taken off this earth. He, he did what was right. He was going against the power. He was going against the money. He was going against the common thought of that time. He did the right thing at the right time. Which is oftentimes the, price for the hard thing to yeah. do. And same thing we were talking about your guy, Mr. Fox. Mr. Uh, same thing. Doing the right thing is really hard. Many times the people we're talking about and the times we're talking about and the situations they were in, it's exactly what you're saying, John. It's putting a target right on your back. And doing the right thing, there's a buildup. Honestly, this is where I believe good versus evil. So I, I believe this is the thing. We all have thoughts, bad thoughts. Every single person does, okay? And we all have good thoughts. Every single person does. It's which thoughts do you act upon? Man. That's the difference between good versus evil, okay? You can act upon the bad thoughts or do the wrong thing. And they're constantly there. That's the battle between flesh and spirit. That's the battle that we live and fight every day. It's, it's listening to that and learning to listen to. It's who you listen to, right? It's about the two wolves that are fighting, right? Is that the story? Which one you feed? Yeah, good versus bad. And it's which one you feed. And, and we have to think that. We have to keep that in mind. Um, what we're feeding ourselves. You know, when you have those thoughts, take a second to think about what you're about to say or what you're about to do. Are you feeding good or are you feeding evil? All right, so I'm going to go and the gentleman I'm going to be speaking about is Guy Fox and the gunpowder plot. And basically in America, this isn't too well known outside of people look at the Guy Fox mask, which was a predecessor to Q called Anonymous and then in the movie V for Vendetta. But Guy Fox is somewhat uh, infamous, I'd say, in England as briefly as I can. I'm going to get to the history about the gunpowder plot and why this gentleman, to me, is sort of a hero. So Catholicism in England was heavily repressed under Queen Elizabeth I, particularly after the Pope excommunicated her in 1570. During her reign, dozens of priests were put to death, and Catholics could not even legally celebrate Mass or be married according to their own rights. As a result, many Catholics had high hopes when King James I took the throne upon Elizabeth's death in 1603. James' wife, Annie, is believed to have previously converted to Catholicism, and his mother, Mary, Queen of Scots, was Elizabeth's Catholic archrival prior to her excommunication. There was even rumors 
inspired by the diplomatic overtures to the Pope that James himself would become Catholic. It soon became clear, however, that James did not support religious tolerance for Catholics. In 1604, he publicly condemned Catholicism as a superstition, ordered all Catholic priests to leave England, and expressed concern the number of Catholics were increasing. He also continued with the repressive policies of his predecessor, such as fines for those refusing to attend Protestant services. England Catholics had organized several failed conspiracies against Elizabeth, and these continued under James. In 1603, a few priests and laymen hatched the so-called by-plot to kidnap James, only to be turned in by fellow Catholics. Another related conspiracy that year, known as the Main Plots, fought to kill James and install his cousin on the throne. Then, in May of 1604, a handful of Catholic dissidents, Guy Fawkes, Robert Gatsby, Tom Winton, Jack Wright, and James Percy, met at the Duck and Drake Inn in London, where Gatsby proposed a plan to blow up the House of Parliament with gunpowder. Afterwards, all five men purportedly swore an oath of secrecy upon a prayer book. On October 26th, an anonymous letter advising of Catholic sympathizers to avoid the state opening of Parliament alerted the authorities to the existence of a plot. To this day, no one knows for sure who wrote the letter. Some historians have suggested that it's fabrication and that the authorities already knew of the gunpowder plot, only letting it progress as an excuse to further crack down on Catholicism. Either way, a search party found Hawks skulking in the cellar around midnight on November 4th with matches in his pocket and 36 barrels of gunpowder stacked next to him. For Fox, the plot's failure could be blamed on the devil and not God. He was taken to the Tower of London and tortured until the special order of King James. Soon after, his co-conspirators were likewise arrested, except Catsby, who died in a shootout with English troops. Fox and his surviving co-conspirators were all found guilty of high treason and sentenced to death in January 1606 by hanging, drawing, and quartering, all three. A Jesuit priest was also executed a few months later for his alleged involvement, even as new laws banned Catholics from voting in elections, practicing law, or servicing in the military. In fact, Catholics were not fully emancipated in England until the 19th century. After the plot was revealed, Londoners began lighting celebratory bonfires in January 1606 as an act of Parliament designated November 5th as a day of Thanksgiving, also known as Guy Fawkes Day. Festivities soon spread as far as the American colonies where they became known as Pope Day. In keeping with the anti-Catholic sentiment of the time, British subjects on both sides of the Atlantic were burning effigy of the Pope. That tradition completely died out in the United States by the 19th century, whereas in Britain, Guy Fawkes Day has become a time to get together with friends and family, set off fireworks, light bonfires, attend parades, and burn effigies of Fox. Children traditionally wheeled around their effigies demanding a penny for the guy, a similar tradition to Halloween trick-or-treating, and imploring crowds to remember, remember the 5th of November. Guy Fox himself, meanwhile, has undergone something of a makeover. Once known to the notorious traitor, he is now portrayed in some circles as a revolutionary hero, largely due to the influence of the 80s graphic novel V for Vendetta and the 2005 movie of the same name, which depicts a protagonist who wore a Guy Fawkes mask while battling a future fascist government in Britain. Guy Fawkes masks even cropped up in Occupy Wall Street protests in New York City and elsewhere. Every generation reinvents Guy Fawkes to suit their needs, explained historian William B. Robinson of Southeastern Louisiana University. But Fawkes was just one of the flunkies that really should be Robert Gatsby Day. All right, so I'm going to just say the quote there, because this is kind of famous. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Gump 
gunpowder treason and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Guy Fox, Guy Fox was his intent to blow up the king and the parliament. Three score barrels of powder below, poor old England to overthrow. By God's providence, he was catched with a dark lantern and burning match. Holler boys, holler boys, let the bells ring. Holler boys, holler boys, God saved the king. Now, I'm not Catholic. If someone practices a faith other than mine, that's fine. However, what I completely love about the story is that the idea of being in America is, especially under our protected right to the First Amendment, is Congress shall make no laws infringing the free practice of religion. And that, to me, what this gentleman did, obviously there was a lot of bad stuff happening against Catholics, and they had to take matters into their own hands. I genuinely respect that. Yeah. I genuinely do. And once again, in America, we don't really know the whole impact of it because it's just kind of one of those weird things that you kind of hear about on the fringe. But I'll tell you this, if I would recommend if you haven't seen it, watching the movie V for Vendetta because it'll send a shiver up your spine, especially if you compare it to a lot of the stuff that's going on right now in regards to COVID, which by the way, COVID's over because we haven't heard anything about it in three days as of recording this. So that's my first hero. I really respect maybe not the attempt of trying to take life, but of standing up for what they believe to be right. Yes. It was a, a tongue twister, if you will, to get through that one. I feel like you're my hero for able to get through that entire thing without... And I could ha see half of it. <laughs> that much? No, but it, it does draw some comparisons to what we theoretically might be looking at here. Um, <laughs> theoretically. You're funny. Being generous. <laughs> well, I mean, our motto here is get in the arena. Warning! Warning! Don't down for the city! Sound off! But um, when you see a common theme of the people we're talking about, the people that are standing up for what they believe in, get in the arena. They're not the ones outside talking about. It. They're not the ones outside saying this and that. You know, all these videos are shown of these protesters, either side, to be quite honest with you. And at least I can say this. Those are people getting in the arena. Say what you want, laugh from your couch and or be angry from your couch or yell at the TV. Get in the arena. Get in the arena. Because if you don't, they will. If you don't fight for what you believe in. And when we say fight, we don't necessarily mean physical fight. You know, Martin Luther King fought your voice be heard. That's right. You have to go out and get in the arena. And that's what these heroes we're talking about did. And they did what they believed. And they fought for what they believed. And in many times and died for what they believed. And so far, everybody that we spoke about, they paid that ultimate, ultimate price. price. Trend here. Freedom isn't free. I'm straight. And it is often bought with the blood of martyrs. This the is blood where, of patriots. This is where the Pledge of Allegiance that we do every episode comes in. This is why we still say that under God. But this is also why you've seen so many people angry at the whole kneeling thing at during the uh, Star Spangled Banner National Anthem. It's because freedom isn't free, and a lot of people have given their lives for that flag, in honor of that flag, for the freedom that we have. Yeah, I guess it's your freedom is what we have, so it's your right to do that. But it is so disrespectful to the people that have gave that ultimate sacrifice. And there's a reason that we have the ability in this country to be anything we want to be. When you say what one man can do, another can do. In many countries, that's not the case. In this country, it is truly the case. You can truly do and become anything you want. Right, but that's the core idea of Americana. What mm -hmm. one man can do, so can another. And that's what's honestly what I believe this election's about, because... That's the change. That's what the other side wants to get rid of. No more can you do that. Now, everyone should have the same thing and be fair. Everyone no should how have hard. the same opportunities, right. not the same no, no. outcome. That's what we stand for. Yeah. What the other people are standing for is everyone should have the same things. No matter right. how hard you work or don't work, no matter what you care about or don't care about, you get the same thing. What people don't understand is all that does is take away the motivation. Anyway. I don't know. It's We talk about getting in the arena. We have the opportunity to act because talk is cheap. 
we could sit around here all day long talking to our microphones if we weren't actually doing something we're not practicing what we preach it's pointless but what we're trying to do is, is inspire people to realize that we can make a difference guy fox made a difference at the time okay they hung him and they hung all his friends end of story he had just spoken words and never performed an action it's something that was a visual for people to be inspired by it probably would have died out the fact that he was willing to put his money where his mouth was and lay his mm -hmm. life on the line that is what and he was just a peasant change. he wasn't part of the caste system the higher part of the caste system if you will in england at that time he was just a peasant he was just a regular gentleman regular joe johnny go ahead and get into your next one there uh i'm gonna go ahead and get into my second hero i'm gonna go straight from the the bible the Bible, if you will, to an ultimate hero. Uh, and this is tough because when I think about Bible heroes, there are a lot of contenders. There's many people that I can be inspired by, but the story of Stephen definitely has always been inspiring to me and the sacrifice that he made at that time preaching Jesus Christ as the ultimate king, as the ultimate example. The political arena at the time was completely against anything and the idea of Jesus being anointed as king. You know, Jesus was a prophet. He's always been accepted as a prophet, but he was put to death because he was more than that and no one wanted to accept that. I'm go into the Bible here. Well, you know, if I can interrupt, just yes, sure. uh, pull it Steve, yeah, pull it John. Stephen was the first martyr. Like yeah. he was the first person to give his life for unshrinking, incomparable faith and belief. Yeah, unwavering. He, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that's important I, to I, know. I, I imagine he was probably given opportunity to cowtail and sure. you know, it, it wasn't just, well, know, the enemy always gives an opportunity to corrupt and to bring yeah. you into its yeah. ranks before it ultimately well, disposes yeah. of you because that's, we've talked in so many previous episodes, the ultimate act of corruption, the molestation of innocence, the molestation of purity, and that's what that was. Narrow is the road, wide is the gate. The enemy will always present that wide, pretty gate of destruction and saying, just take the easy way out. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life, but that's always the right path to take. I'm reading from Acts 7, verses 51 through 60 from the Amplified Bible. Now Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing, favor, and power, was doing great wonders and signs, attesting miracles among the people. However, some men from what was called the synagogue of freedmen, freed Jewish slaves, both Syrian and Alexandrians, and some from Sicilia and the province of Asia, rose up and questioned and argued with Stephen. But they were not able to successfully withstand and cope with the wisdom and the intelligence and the power and inspiration of the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then, to attack him in another way, they secretly instructed men to say, We have heard this man Stephen speak blasphemous, that is, slanderous, sacrilegious, and abusive words against Moses and against God. And they provoked and incited the people, as well as the elders and the scribes, and they came up to Stephen and seized him and brought him before the council, which was the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court. They presented false witnesses who said, This man never stopped speaking against this holy place in the law of Moses. For we have heard him say that this Jesus, the Nazarene, will tear down this place and will change the traditions and customs by which Moses handed down to us. Then all those who were sitting in the council stared intently at him, and they saw Stephen's face was like the face of an angel. That was actually Acts 6, 8 through 15. And now we'll continue on to Acts 7, 1 and 51 through 60 from the Amplified Bible. Now the high priest asked Stephen, are these charges true? His response later on was, you stiff-necked and stubborn people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you are always actively resisting the Holy Spirit. You were doing just as your fathers did. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who proclaimed beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the law as ordained and delivered to you by angels, and yet 
you still did not obey it. Now when they heard this accusation and understood its implication, they were cut to the heart, and they began grinding their teeth in rage at him. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit and led by him, gazed into heaven and saw the glory, that is, the great splendor and majesty of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said the following, Look, I see the heavens opening up in welcome, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they shouted with loud voices and covered their ears, and together rushed at him, considering him guilty of blasphemy. Then they drove him out of the city and began stoning him. And the witnesses placed their outer robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They continued stoning Stephen, and he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirits. Then falling on his knees in worship, he cried out loudly, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Do not charge them. When he had said this, he fell asleep in death. That gets you right in the feels, doesn't it not? But I love how he just fell asleep. He's like being pulverized into a absolute (laughs) peace. Like, this is what I was brought to this earth for. And that's the spirit, like Sykes mentioned before, clearly, politically, we know what's going on. It's a very toxic environment. You know, there's so much to live in, in fear from right now. There's so much to be overcome with fear. But I have a, just a peace from a biblical perspective that passes all understanding in my spirit. And it's because I know that regardless of what the natural, the, the fleshly result of what might happen, I know that I'm blessed beyond the curse. And I feel like that's what I saw in reading the, the verses with Stephen. It was his chart, his course was always clear to him. His goal was always clear to him. What his task was, was always clear. And he never for one second relented. And the reality is, you look at Stephen, he was the the father of martyrs, if you will. That's setting the tone. And it's a high tone because it, it, it does come with a cost. It may very well indeed come down to the fact that our lives are going to be on the line. You look at it and you're like, that's not here. That's not us. But folks, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> Biblically, we know that knocking on hello. It's, it's, it's a reality. I, I don't <laughs> anyone think, home? <laughs> you can be asleep in the light all you want. There's going to be a point in time where we're all going to have to look in that mirror, so to speak, and right. realize that we are here. I love that you clue Stephen because he was definitely someone I wanted to include. So far, we've discussed four people, and all four people have literally given their life for the cause. I was just going to read this quote, Bill, and then I'm going to pass it to you. Okay. Real loss is only possible when you love something more than you love yourself. Sean McGuire. Who is that? The professor from Goodwill Hunting that Robin Williams played. Thick and talking with you. You're a really enlightened cat, and I like that about you. I think you're a special, special man. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I just want people to think about it. The the four people that have been spoke about already, I mean, I just think it sums up a lot of what we're talking about. They're selfless individuals. They love something much greater than themselves. Uh, it's much bigger than themselves. Honestly, I think that's what the Bible teaches. Amen. And that's why we need more God, because it's not about us. We really have to get away from it being about us. Start looking at a bigger picture and start getting in the arena. That's what well, I got. you mentioned in, in the last one, you talked about that scene from Red Dawn, where all the soldiers were standing there with certain doom, staring at the fire squad with a resolute spirit in their hearts they all shouted out in unity together they started singing the, they the, may uh, have all, the they, Star Spangled Banner they may have all died but they no they did they dug their own grave together. then they got lit up they died together so <laughs> we'll even, even in death go down they, together there was victory in death oh there's always that's why it, it always just cracked me up when people are so afraid of a, a disease with a 99.98% survival rate I'm gonna leave that there so uh, the next person I want to talk about is Harriet Tubman Harriet sweet Harriet you Har- know Harbinger of Haggis sorry that's okay <laughs> There was a movie made about her. It was excellent. It was about two years ago. And I remember going to the theater and watching this movie. And I felt my spirit change. I knew about her, but learning more about her afterwards made me want to try.
try to become the most ferocious enemy of tyranny that I possibly can. So I'm going to read real briefly about her. Harriet Tubman was born in March 1822, died March 10th, 1913. She had a good run. Harriet Tubman, born Armoretta Rose, aka Minty, was an American abolitionist and political activist born into slavery. Tubman escaped and subsequently made some 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 enslaved people, including family and friends, using the work of anti-slavery activists and safe houses known as the Underground Railroad. During the American Civil War, she served as an armed scout and spy for the Union Army. In her later years, Tubman was an activist in the movement for women's suffrage. Born enslaved in the Dorchester County, Maryland, Tubman was beaten and whipped by her various masters as a child. Early in life, she suffered a traumatic head wound when an irate overseer threw a heavy metal weight intending to hit another enslaved person, but hit her instead. The injury caused dizziness and pain and spells of hypersomnia, which occurred throughout her life. After her injury, Tubman began to experience a range of visions and vivid dreams of which she ascribed to premonitions from God. These premonitions combined with her Methodist upbringing provided for her to become devoutly religious. In 1849, Tubman escaped to Philadelphia only to return to Maryland to rescue her family soon after. Slowly, one group at a time, she brought relatives with her out of the state and eventually guided dozens of other enslaved people to freedom. Traveling by night and extreme secrecy, Tubman, better known as Moses, never lost a passenger. After the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 was passed, she helped guide enslaved people to find work. Tubman met John Brown in 1858 and helped plan and recruit supporters for his 1959 raid on Harper's Ferry. Look into that. That's quite a remarkable moment in history if you don't know. When the Civil War began, Tubman worked for the Union Army, first as a cook and nurse, and then as an armed scout and spy. The first woman to lead an armed expedition into war, she guided a rabid Combe Ferry, which liberated more than 700 enslaved people. After the war, she retired to her family, home, and property she purchased in 1859 in Auburn, New York, where she cared for her aging parents. She was active in the women's suffrage movement until illness overtook her, and she had to be admitted to a home for elderly African Americans after she had established years earlier. After her death in 1913, she became an icon of courage and freedom. I think there's some good things that you might be able to share that she said. I think you might be able to find something. I'm going to try. I had reasoned this out in my mind. There are one of two things I had a right to. Liberty or death. If I could not have one, I would have the other. I would fight for my liberty so as long as my strength lasted and if the time came for me to go, the Lord would let them take me. I think slavery is the next thing to hell. If a person could send another into bondage, the world, it appears to me bad enough to send him to hell if he could. Now I've been free. I know what dreadful condition slavery is. I've seen hundreds of escaped slaves, but I never saw one who was willing to go back to be a slave. Twas me was the Lord. Always told him, I trust you. I don't know where to go or what to do, but I expect you to lead me. And he always did. It's awesome. It's amazing. If you get the chance to see the movie Harriet, it's one of the most historically accurate movies I've ever seen. It was made for a very low budget, but it was brilliant. Like I said, if you allow it, it will change you. It will make you loathe tyranny and oppression. And it will hopefully yeah. encourage people to become fighter for freedom. What's crazy is when you think about what's glorified now by mainstream, golly, I mean, they're reading about AOC and Nancy Pelosi. If we don't take this to task and 
redirect the course. I, I don't know. We live in an insane world. I mean, idiocracy and evil-hearted malice is being glorified. I mean, biblically, we knew it was coming, I guess. It just, it is sobering sometimes when you sit back and you look at the landscape of what you're dealing with and you're like, dear Lord, you know, come quickly. And with that, I'm going to do this as quickly as I can because I have a lot to say about the last person who is a hero of mine. And it was such a revelation to me the other day. I have a different way of approaching things. How I feel like my faith is expressed may and does look a lot different than most other people. In those moments, I kind of retreat. I don't say a lot. I don't retreat from battle. I just retreat into myself and I try to listen to God. And I'm going to tell you who my hero is right now. In this moment, in this current season of cultural people, and it is Saint Donald John Trump. And I'm going to read just a bit of a background. Saint Donnie T, aka O45, aka my president, is the 45th and current president of the United States of America. Before entering politics, he was a businessman and television personality. He was also the only person to help Kevin in Home Alone 2 try to navigate his way back. And that gets overlooked all the time. Of all his shiny accomplishments. Uh, He was born and raised in Queens, New York. Trump attended Fordham University for two years and received the bachelor's degree in economics from Winton School, the University of Pennsylvania, and became president of his father's real estate business in 1971. He then renamed it the Trump Organization and expanded it operations to building and renovating a skyscraper, hotel, casinos, and golf courses. Trump later started various side ventures, mostly by licensing his name. Uh, Trump and his businesses have been involved in more than 4,000 state and federal legal actions, including six bankruptcies. He has owned the Miss Universe brand of beauty pageants from 1996 to 2015 and produced and hosted the reality television show The Apprentice from 2004 to 2015. And I'm going to share a couple quotes that resonate with me. Leaders true leaders take responsibility for the process of the team and understand that they must also take responsibility for their failure. Our president said that. The only person brave enough to vote out this corrupt establishment is you, the American people. Our president said that. Nothing is easy, but who wants nothing? Once again, our president said that. Something became very apparent to me this week, and go with me on this for a moment. We're talking about St. Trump. I'm going to be talking about St. Eastwood. One of my favorite movies of his is High Plains Drifter. Spoiler alert. The whole premise of this movie is that this town witnessed a brutal murder. The entire town did nothing. I don't want to give too much away if you ever do watch it, but basically they were all cowards. You can see that they are all, oh, this is happening. Are we, should we do something? Should, no, let's just stay back in the shadow. So long story short, the people that perpetrated that, they eventually were caught. They were put to prison and they came back. So they're like, nah, we're coming back and we're ripping up the whole town. And when the town caught word, they hired Clint Eastwood to protect them. <laughs> Exactly. And it's an interesting story. What hit me as I watched that movie is that the town was called Lago. And America is like the town Lago. We have stood by and watched St. Trump be beaten, ridiculed, bastardized, his whole family drugged through the mud. And we were hoping that he would take care of it. Oh, he's president. He'll take care of it. We sit back and we watch our football. We set our fat asses on the couch. Uh, You know, we complain about this. We complain about that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking about getting in the arena for the last year and a half. We can't hire St. Eastwood, St. Trump to to fight for us. It's our turn. It is our turn to fight. And I'm not talking necessarily militarily or uh, with uh, using the Second Amendment, although I'm not going to lie, a lot of the people have been talking about that. And, you know, that's why that's there. But I'm not promoting that. As always, we are promoting using the First Amendment, our freedom of speech, the freedom to petition our government for grievances, the freedom to peacefully protest. While we can. Yes. While we can. Yes. And I'm just telling you this. If you 
you sit back and don't get politically involved now, I'm having a, a real hard time understanding that. And I blame you as much as I would blame anyone else. I mean, outside of Jim Jordan, who I'm so proud that this man is an Ohioan, Ted Cruz has spoken up, a couple other Republicans, Rudy Giuliani, but the entire Republican Party, nothing but a bunch of cucked, called cowardice people. And I'm ashamed that I voted a straight Republican card. I'm absolutely ashamed of them all. Our local representative, Dave Joyce, what a coward. So I know I'm going to get flack from people because I said that. The entire Republican Party should be ashamed of themselves because they're towing the party lines. They're saving their own neck instead of doing the job that they were hired to do and protect the integrity of not only our election, but this country. We are watching widespread interference, globalist interference in an election. And this is legitimately what's happening. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. But I, for one, and I'm not speaking on behalf of Jason, I'm not speaking on behalf of John. I, for one, don't know what to do, but I can't let that rest. I'm, I'm going to read something here real quick from you. This is impromptu. I'm shooting from the hip here, but reading from Exodus 17 from the Amplified Bible, starting at verse 8. Then Amalek and his people came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek and his people. Tomorrow I will stand atop the hill with a staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did, just as Moses said, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went up to the top of the hilltop. Now when Moses held his hand up, Israel prevailed. And when he lowered his hand, due to fatigue, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and he grew tired. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Then Aaron and Ur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other side. So it was that his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed and defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this in the book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek and his people from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner, saying, the Lord has sworn an oath, the Lord will have war against the people of Amalek from generation to generation. And that's what I think, again, for all you people who say that I'm calling him a god, I'm not calling Trump a god. He was the right man for the season that we're in right now. You're not calling him a god as as much as you are calling Moses or Joshua or Aaron or Ur. They are men for this hour. He is God's chosen elect. I don't know what his Christian status is. It's not my job to judge. But I do know that he's the right man for this season that we're in right now. And I also know, I guarantee you, his arms are tired, folks. Oh, yeah. He is fighting a fight that most and, and he's men waiting don't for have us. the balls yes. to do it. And he's waiting for Aaron and Ur to get on both sides and hold his arms up. We need to be that right now. We need to be that support that he needs. We can't sit back and wait for him to finish this fight for us. No, folks. Get in the arena means get out there. Hold up his arms. Do your job. Show up. Be a voice where there is no voice. Be inspiration where there needs to be inspiration. Inspire others to join the fight. I guarantee you... There are more of us legitimately than there are of them out there. I believe that my spirit. I know you may not feel that. Because the silent majority. We've been silent for far too freaking long. It's a shame on us if we're not willing absolutely. to get in there in the fight absolutely. and hold up Donald Trump's. I'm not calling it. Again, I'm not saying he's God. He's the right man for the right now. Right. He is God's elect as, for this moment in as time. As was Lieutenant Fox. As yes. was Harriet Tubman. Yeah. As was Guy hey, Fox. As was Abraham even Lincoln. If he wasn't as was Stephen. The Bible is full of examples where God used men for the sure. right time for that, for that season. Absolutely. And, and, and it's all about building up advancing his kingdom. We need to get in the arena and do our job. I'll say this also, that at this junction, let me just word it this way. If I had a dollar for every person that call, text, message me about how the predictions and the things I've been saying last several months are right and they're coming to pass, I'd be a rich man. But I don't want that. I don't want people to call and tell me, oh, you're right. What do I do? Get in the arena. Because I'm telling you, it is very possible that through the collusion with the Chinese government, we are going to lose our First Amendment rights. On Facebook, they're already blocking. I've had some of my posts already blocked and they were just memes. Twitter, I'm telling you, the censorship is coming. Jason's got some burning up inside of him, I can tell. 
An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. Winston Churchill. Absolutely. This is where we're at. The Republican Party is doing a downturn. Absolutely. Right now. They're trying to save their own ass for as long as they can. Extend their own career. That's right. Donald Trump might be the uh, stay of execution for the United States yeah. of America. These guys are like, well, if we yeah. throw him under the bus, if we can just chop his leg off and make him run slower than us, the crocodile won't get us yet. You set this up perfectly because I was going to do this later, but I'm going to throw this in now about the Republican Party and what they're doing. They are much like in Braveheart, in that scene of Braveheart, where all the Scotlands would gather on the yard and they would do their little song and dance and then run and, and kowtow out there's that scene where fight against that no we will run and we will live wallace says i fight and you may die run and you'll live at least a while and dying in your beds many years from now would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance just one chance to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives but they will never take our freedom. Boom. Well, tell you what, you need to put your big boy pants on yeah. and get ready because if you look through history, what's getting ready to happen, if this doesn't get turned around, and once again, like John said, it's just a stay of execution, giving them some more time to batten down the hatches, get some extra provisions in the ark. But I'll tell you what, this is how I feel. Bring it. I'm ready now. Let's just get this done. Again, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I do feel like we have an opportunity. I feel like the play hasn't closed yet. We might be throwing a Hail Mary, but I still feel in my spirits that, folks, the game's not over. The clock's ticking, and if you look at the score, Scoreboard. If you're looking at counts they have right now, we are behind on the scoreboard. But until the final hour, we still have an opportunity to throw our Hail Mary. And folks, that only happens we freaking get in the arena. We have responsibility. There's 11 men on a football field. And if just a couple of them don't do their job, sometimes just if one of them doesn't do their job, the play fails. But if all 11 men can execute in harmony and run the play the way that it's designed, you have a chance, just a glimmer of hope to be able to bring this to a, a happy conclusion. The responsibility is on us. I think with that, how we're going to end it, I have nothing else other than i'm so disappointed in the republican party i'm at the point where i'm angry i'm fighting mad sorry but there's nothing at this point you can do other than fight you know we're here we're trying to get in the arena but i feel like even we have not fully done everything we could have done i'm hoping that we can continue on but at this point i'm just I'm, I'm, I assure you what is forthcoming is unlike anything in this country we've experienced. Oh, yeah. It's happened in... in so it's it, a movie to most people. They, they mm -hmm. look at it as fantasy, as fiction. Right. Well, fiction's going to become reality really quickly if mm -hmm. we don't do our parts. And, and inevitably, it, that is our reality. There's so much in my heart that I want to say. There are so many feelings of I'm just running the gamut, and I don't know how else to convince people. All I can say is you need to get ready if you're not ready what i don't know i don't know do we meet do we protest do we pray i know we have to pray but at this point we look at the people that we shared they started in outside of saint trump actually right. uh, they started in the most humblest of places so that being said johnny says in my people who are called by my name hum themselves and pray and seek crave require as a necessity my face and turn from the wicked ways then i will hear them we say to this in our previous podcast it's not a guarantee folks god gives us free will for us to choose freedom right we need to shout we need to clear we need to shout out freedom from the rooftops. We need to say that we are not going, pull a twisted sister here, we're not going to take it. Yeah, I mean, God has a part, we have a part. God won't and he, can't he won't do, do our, our part. part. We can't and we can't do his Amen. part. Yeah. So, I, I really feel like right now, no matter what's going to happen, the storm is on the horizon. To quote yeah. Apollo Creed from Rocky 3, 
there is no tomorrow. You know, that's what we need to understand. We can't plan for four years. We don't know what four years looks like. Live in the now, man. That being said, want to just thank everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe. We need you to share this. We need you to share this. So you can listen to us anywhere. Podcasts are Apple, Spotify. We uh, are on YouTube. Uh, make sure you hit the bell. We have new episodes every Friday. Vlogcast, Vlogcast CLE, Flawed Inc., Vlogging.com, Inflow at Vlogging.com is our email address. We are on social media, Parlor, Gab. Also, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram currently. That being said, hope you're safe. Hope you're well. 